Level up, level up. Combo Nation, what up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 98 of Combo's Court and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Today's show, Scoopy joins in. It's always great having Scoop on the show, and we recorded this episode on location at Gotham Podcast Studio in New York City, which means we have a video version of this episode on YouTube. Go subscribe to my YouTube channel, Combo TV. I'll put a link in the description. You know you can follow me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Follow Scoop on Instagram at Scoop underscore B and follow Scoop on Twitter at Scoop B. That's S-E-O-O-P-B. Time to level up, Combo Nation. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. I have talked about getting the, the process of getting rest, getting sleep, and taking care of yourself. And I was out there for the 2K party. Uh, everybody and their mom and their mama's mom was there. But, you know, I was out there. I stayed there for a few days after, and I really just got some good sleep. And I got to catch up with people while I was out there, too. So it was definitely a good Kill work. two burns. You kill two birds, probably three birds with one stone. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I'm still riding. I did while I was partying. I did some interviews with some players, too. So a lot of stuff uh, I was getting done. And Scooby Radio. Well, actually, none of it is going on Scoopy Radio. For real? I'm using it was it was noisy. So you know, as an NBA writer, where I'm a senior, I'm a senior writer at both Basketball Society and Heavy.com. Right. I've been writing a ton of stuff, um, funneling it through through Heavy.com. So right. Yeah, I did interviews with uh, Anthony Davis, uh, Dwayne Wade, Damian Lillard, um, and a few other people too. So yeah, just just um, a ton of writing. Thank God I have interns so they can transcribe. That's a fact. Yes. That's a fact. Yo, so, you know, I always get, I'm always interested in when I see these, some of these players getting upset over their 2K ratings. What do you, what do you make out of that? It's subjective. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of times when you, uh, people tell you great. Uh, right. You have someone who doesn't play the game or someone who maybe is not an expert in, in the player's minds uh, quantifying you with a number. Right. And right. it's like, well, how do we get to that point? Right. So I think it's more than anything. Um, Ronnie always says it could go up during the year, too. That's kind of like his response to it. Ronnie's told me that. Ronnie has yeah. said, I'm, I remember um, two seasons ago, uh, which would have been Donovan Mitchell's actual rookie year. As right. opposed to Ben Simmons' not rookie year. And you uh, <laughs> caught right, that, right? Right, right, right yeah. Um, I was at the NBA 2K draft, the first one, and Ronnie and I were talking about, I asked him, um, what players rating significantly went up um, throughout the course of the season. And he named Clint Capella, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Um, Luca probably. Well, this was two seasons ago. Oh, two, people get mad. I talk about Luca almost every episode. Well, but. Luca's dope. I don't have a problem with Luca. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. I think um, it'll be interesting to see what his sophomore year will look like. But, yeah. Um, you know, to, to go back to the ratings thing. 
the ratings thing, he said that those two players, their ratings had this, the most substantial rise in one season. Like that, they set like a record ratings wise on the game. Right. You know, they have uh, they have Donovan Mitchell and um, Zach Levine tied at 97. I think Zach Levine is a little bit better of a dunker than Donovan Mitchell. Zach Levine is elite. Like I haven't seen too many dunkers besides Vince better than Zach Levine. Like just dunking. Uh, I, I I like I've gotten to to spend some time with with the Bulls and Zach Levine okay. this year, and um, the thing that in talking with him and 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 really just uh, getting to know him that I respect is his journey and his return. So he works ha- hard too. To have a ninety seven rating after those 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 substantial injuries that he had um, when he was in Minnesota, to me to have a ninety seven is like like. Like Derrick Rose return to prominence worthy in the sense of Definitely. you know on, on the NBA court. I don't know what his rating is on 2K, but um, I, I'm ha- I'm pleased that he has a 97 rating. What rating does LeBron have? Oh, overall, I think he's tied for number one with Kawhi, if I'm not mistaken. So 99, I think close to it. Yeah, around there. And a half, 99. Yeah, I mean he deserves that. Yeah, I mean, but- and then when you look at Zach Levine's, to go back to your point about Zach, like. The numbers that he put up this season were the most that a Bulls player put up since Michael. All-star numbers almost, right? Yeah. 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 Just, you don't think he only played like maybe 62 to 65 games this season. With that type of box office appeal, you'd think, you know, with all the dunking and with the stats, you'd think he'd get more hype. But I guess it's because he's on the Bulls and they're not doing well. Yeah, but, you know, the Chicago Bulls, to me, uh, I mean, they're talking playoffs. Uh, Kobe White, I wrote this the other day. He impressed me in Summer League, by the way. I was out there. He played his tail off. Yeah. Um, When you looked at that team last year, one of the things that that really uh, was a blunder for them was just injuries. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., for one, um, told me um, that, you know, he really wants to to, um, find create his offensive uh, identity uh, this season. Uh, and I think that with a healthy Wendell Carter Jr. and adding Thaddeus Young to their to their core, uh, a veteran leader, um, they're going to be interesting to watch. I think that's very uh, 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 confident of Kobe White to um, speak that highly of, of 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 a Bulls team. But the Eastern Conference to me is going to be an interesting dichotomy in and of itself as well. Definitely, so, yeah, definitely. All right, let's shift to Team USA. You know, do you feel we're trending to a place where I mean, I know we didn't have the top guys this year, but do you feel like we're trying to a place that even if we do bring those top guys that it won't be enough eventually? I think Kobe Bryant said it best the other day uh, that there won't be a cakewalk uh, to the Olympics. Uh, you know, in 92 is, is, is a, uh, a far distant memory um, for USA basketball. Uh, I, I think that USA basketball is kind of in a similar situation that they were in 2004 when they won the bronze medal and Carmelo Anthony threw his medal out the window or threw it on, in the river. Um, is I, that I, a fact? Yeah. Which river? I don't know. I don't <laughs> That's know. crazy. But I didn't he, even know that. But he tossed his medal. Oh man. Google's your friend. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but 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 um when I look at uh, just Team USA at large, I think I think number one, when you talk about Melo, I didn't like the fact that they didn't bring him back. I think that there And are, he wanted to. There are players you look at US you look at other uh countries you know there's guys that play for their country that don't play for a team i think that was a little bit elitist on on the on jerry colangelo's part uh, to exclude carmelo for whatever reasons that, that, that there were but um because they definitely could have used some veteran leadership we had a, a lot of people who pulled out but um come olympic time you know you, you're gonna have to to really step your game up and have some guys i want to play i do like donovan mitchell as, as a piece yeah. within that um that usa basketball uh program yeah, I just think they're reshaping their identity. 
Yeah, speaking of Melo, like, he would actually fit with the Spurs, like, to me, like, because you know how LaMarcus kind of plays the mid-range game? I mean, Carmelo could have that kind of role even today. Um, do I think Carmelo will get a job? I don't think so because of the way the M- modern NBA is. But that would have been a good mix with Popovich, and obviously he's one of the greatest Olympic players ever, uh, you know. Are you asking or telling? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> what I, do you think? Um, I do think that the Spurs would be a, an interesting fit. Yeah. But um, and I and I said that last season. Um, yeah. I also thought Portland was a good fit last season, uh, but I think in as Cantor, he doesn't want to go there. I think, right? I don't think Portland wants him. Really? Because I think Damian was has said that he wants him, but I guess not. Portland doesn't want him. What I'll tell you is this: um, last season there was a strong push for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, as you know, I've been in tune with a lot of stuff that has been going on with the Lakers throughout the last year. And what I'll tell you is that there was talk. Um, Carmelo Anthony was having a conversation with the Lakers and his representation. And, you know, but Melo's looking to be with a championship caliber team. I remember I spoke to Jerome Junkyard, Doug Williams on the Scoopy Radio podcast uh, this year. And he said to me that he felt that Melo could have went to any other team and kind of built up his his resume and then gone to a championship contender team and compared, you know, Jamal Crawford playing for, for the, um, the Suns and, and, and uh, Vince Carter playing for uh, the Hawks. And, you know, that there could have been a lot of teams. I mean, when you look at the Detroit Pistons, they were at AFC, they played the, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, they lost, they could have used them. But at this point, I don't blame Melo for wanting to be on a specific team that fits his need. Um, You look at somebody like uh, Wayne Ellington, uh, who could have went to a Lakers team, could have went to a few other teams when he was bought out. He went to Detroit, didn't he? And he, and he, and he earned yeah. his stripes, and then right. now he's in a situation here, which I honestly think that he could be a guy that could be a com- a, a huge competitor in a three-point shootout at the All-Star game, All-Star weekend uh, this coming season. But when you look at Melo, um, I can tell you on record that the Nets, um, as well as the Lakers and the Clippers, still do have significant interest in Melo. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if his game – fits the modern NBA anymore. Like, I've said that before. Um, but, you know, it's like – and partly is that because he operates from, like, the mid-range area. You know, like, Jamal Crawford doesn't have a job either, but he operates more from the outside, which creates more spacing, even though they're both ISO guys. Um, I talked to Jamal. He and I have been texting off and on last week. Okay. And, um, there are some teams that have significant interest uh, in him, and he's been talking, but you know nothing is imminent right now. And I think you're right when you talk about Jamal Crawford. Yeah. Um, even as he, he, the ageless wonder, even at 38, 39 years old, um, he can still distribute the ball. I remember going to Nets Phoenix game uh, last season, uh, when, and they were coming off of a game against on a back to back against the Wizards. And so, if I'm not mistaken, they rested like a lot of their starters that game, and Jamal was like doing it all passing you know i think his passing is very underrated even though he's a prolific scorer for sure when you talk about carmelo anthony i think one of the other things that that gets lost in translation is this um he has the resume that's better than nine through 15 on the roster so if he comes off the bench you're gonna have a coach and a player on the bench pissed off at one another right it's not like a situation in houston where you have Russell Westbrook, for example, who came from Oklahoma to Houston and is still a top three player on his team. I think for the, in that example that I use, you look at Mike D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni, I think he and Russell Westbrook are going to have issues throughout the course of the season because Russell, Russell is used to having his way under Billy Donovan in Oklahoma. So when you look at Carmelo Anthony comparatively, he's a guy that is going to come off the bench that may 
be a problem for the coach because he's not going to feel like he's going to get significant minutes. And I feel like in a Brooklyn system, particularly because Currux is out because of the situation with his girlfriend, you look at uh, Wilson Chandler, who's out for 25 KD. games. KD. KD is out. Yeah. He'd fill that role that Jared Dudley. Placeholder for KD? Um, This season, yes. Yeah. I think, he, and, and he wouldn't have to move his apartment. Yeah, he that's true. In the city already. That's true. That's true. Staying on Melo, man, you had a you had a tweet that had a lot of reaction saying that Melo was uh, I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, but paraphrasing saying Melo <laughs> was actually a better offensive player than LeBron. I would have to disagree because LeBron uplifts a whole team, and I understand what you mean from the skill set. Uh, he's a better shooter. He gets his shot off the dribble more fluidly. Uh, he, he's probably more efficient of a scorer. I mean, raw numbers always went LeBron's way. I think LeBron always, like, points per game-wise was always higher. But, like, LeBron has that Jason Kidd effect, and we always talk about Jason Kidd was underrated. The way just to uplift a basketball team, like, to uplift their whole offense. Magic as well. Magic as well, for sure. Oscar Robertson, for sure. Those kind of guys that just uplift the team, and it's not really about the way their raw skills are. It's just how they uplift the whole basketball organization. So, Mm -hmm. as an offensive, on the offensive side of the ball. So this is what I'll say to that. I've, I've answered that a few times. Um, the, yeah. the tweet was to get people's attention, to get people thinking and people talking. Um, okay. Obviously, offense also means passing. Right. And I knew it when I tweeted it. And, and if I had to do it all over again, I would still do it the same way. And not only assists, just making the right pass at the right mm-hmm. time, you know? Because you could be a terrible offensive player and be and be turnover prone. Right. You know, Allen Iverson would go 9 for 26 but could still give you 30. Right. Because he would get to the free throw line a lot, but he would turn the ball over like, 10, 15 times at times. And to that point, like, assists don't always show how you could uplift the whole offense. Like, Mm -hmm. look at James Harden. I think a lot of times James Harden is looking for the assist more than the right play. Like, in terms of, like, LeBron will take that hockey assist, and he won't worry about the stat. So I think that's part of being a a great offensive player, you know? You you play collegially in high school, so I'll defer to you. But from a guy who's – from my perspective, a guy who's covering it, I look at a guy like James Harden as a, a more polished Tracy McGrady. Right, smaller, but yeah, it's just a pure score. A pure a long, tall, pure score that, you know, will will light up a stat sheet from the points, rebounds, and assist perspective. And right. what, what made Harden interesting the last couple of years is particularly because he had a, a Chris Paul who was a, a bona fide point guard, a guy who uplifts the team like a magic, like an Oscar, like a like those things you can't really judge, right? But and to me, the only comparison or thing that that seemingly feels like um, a that kind of matchup or uh, starting lineup. Remi- it reminded me so much of um, Tim Hardaway and Anthony Mason when, when they were both members of Miami Heat. It was it was it was Mason's All Star year, right, right? And they often to me just seemed the offense seemed clogged because Riley wanted Mason to run offense, but Tim Hardaway is a ball handler. Um, and I and I think that when you look at Harden. I actually think he and Russell together are going to be a a, a good situation uh, moving forward because um, they both have that relationship. Uh, right, going back to the Oklahoma City Thunder days, and and more than anything else, um, Dan Tony's playing for his job. Definitely, you know they, Definitely. they yeah, got rid of that coaching staff. He only staff. has one year left on the contract, right? Yeah, and they got rid of his coaching staff. Uh, my guy Earl Rowland was let go, and he's he he you know he's also James Harden's trainer. Right. You know, they, they let go. But these guys have a million trainers. Like, everybody's James Harden's trainer. No, like, that's <laughs> like he's been training him since high okay, school. Okay, okay. And then he got him a job as a director of player development, I believe. Okay, the okay, Rockets. I got so you. They, he goes back to Oklahoma all the way up top. But, yeah, there are a lot of people out there that are trainers. Right, that's... Quote, unquote. I mean... We won't name names. <laughs> Let's not get too into that right now, right? <laughs> Let's not get too into that. All right. 
How is how real is Giannis to the Warriors in 2021? You have any intel on that? Have you even been hearing that? I've read it. Um, okay. I don't have anything on that. I think that well, what I know is this. Um, you know, I was on the Jason Kidd uh, Lakers going to the Lakers as, as in a coaching role um, since November of last year. Uh, Magic Johnson was talking to Jason, and you know, obviously, all those things happened with the with the Lakers that just went south. Um, Giannis was very upset that um, Jason was fired as a head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. He, Giannis and Jason Kidd were very close, and so you'd heard I had heard things about Giannis. Um, Lakers, etc. Last year, and just folks that I've spoken to uh, in that situation. To me, I think the Warriors have to figure out their identity right now, and I think one of the reasons why they do is because this coming season they're going to be heavily built around Steph Curry. And, I feel like he's always been the identity, though. Yeah, but he's had good assets, 100%. and I think that this is a. Re- I think Steph's issue now is similar to LeBron. Will be similar to LeBron's the last couple of years. It's like a revert, a role reversal. Steph to Golden State, in my opinion, this coming season will be what LeBron was in Cleveland the last couple of years. Right. One of those seasons, I said this before. LeBron should have won MVP of that Finals. I think when Iguodala won, even twenty fifteen, even though they lost, like that's one of the greatest Finals performances, like in terms of a series I've ever seen. Like the way he uplifted his team, as I spoke to earlier, like sure. it was just ridiculous. And 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 if if. Uh, Kyrie and uh, Kevin Love weren't hurt, we'd have two championships in Cleveland right now. Right, right. Let's shift to college sports real quick. California passed the bill allowing student athletes to accept endorsements. How much of a game changer do you feel this is? I think players should be deserve to be paid. Right. You know, I think when you when you, I remember when I was in college and high school and we would play NCAA basketball. You didn't have a name on the on the jersey or a player's likeness, but you knew who it was. Like EA was making a ton of money off of them. You look at college basketball, the two K. Two K used to have a college basketball game. Remember, it was right. nineteen ninety nine. They were making a ton of money off of them. Right. Even the kids in the smaller schools were getting little checks because of that Ed O'Bannon uh, case. And I was getting ready to say that. I, Ed yeah. Oba- and I'll tell you, the guy who advised him was Sonny Vaccaro, you right. know, the guy that got Michael to sign with Nike, LeBron with Nike, et cetera. Um, Sonny has bucked the system a lot. Got Brandon Jennings to go over to Italy as well as Jeremy Tyler. Right. Um, when I look at to directly answer your question about just California at large, I think part of the the um, the thought provokingness, if that's a word, of that was what happened with LeBron and Maverick when they got that guy that was playing. I can't remember his name, but he was playing college basketball and he paid him to design. As an internship, it was like an internship, and then it led to a job, the the, the New Balance oh, sneakers. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I was watching him play in Summer League. He's tough, too. 6'11", could play. Man, what's his name? I can't yeah. remember his name. Bro, man from the fifth floor. I don't know. But yeah, but, yeah. But, <laughs> but 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 honestly, like I, I think that we are... Darius Baisley. Yes. There you go. Yes. We are finding new ways and creative ways to get people to check. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. I think it's, it's a necessity of that. Like... I do believe that a free education is 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 worth your weight in gold, but the exchange between a uh, college education, which may cost you out of pocket what two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand for four years, versus the millions that you're bringing to a university, state college, or community college, or what have you, it's not a fair exchange. Right, right. You know what I've been, you know what I've been really interested in, and I've just been loving to see the progression of the big three. Like we see Joe Johnson sign, and this—I know you always love the comparisons between hip hop and um, basketball. So I see kind of a comparison between Cardi B 
and the big three in the sense that when they first came out and said what they were going to do, nobody really took it seriously. And now it's kind of blowing up. You know, we see Joe Johnson got a job. Um, do you feel like the big three could be a breeding grounds for guys to get back into the league? Yeah, I think. I think and do you see that? Do you like that comparison? I do. You can't <laughs> you can't mess with me if you want to. <laughs> I, I think um, it's funny you bring that up. I was although basketball is what I primarily write about. Uh, Clarissa Shields, women's okay. boxing champion. Uh, me and her were going back and forth texting, and I wrote, I wrote an article today. Cardi B's dentist is actually her dentist, and I wrote an article today about the the, the lines that they share. Right, with okay. the dentist and how you know you know Cardi mentioned got a bag and fix my teeth in her so song. Fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Clarissa, if you're listening, you got a bag and you fix your teeth. She's got, <laughs> a, she's got a fight October fifth. Okay, I'm Flint. But to go to your point about Joe Johnson and just a breeding ground at large, I think big the big three is an adult G League. That's a fact. I could see it. It's an adult G League, I and I think it. with Joe Johnson, one of the reasons I think he had to go to um, the big three. Uh, was because when you looked at his shooting percentage that year in Houston, it went down. But the thing is, in Utah, people forget how much of a good leader he was. Yeah, I mean, he was playing with uh, Rudy Gobert, some of those other guys. I think that was pre-Donovan Mitchell. Right, definitely. Um, a Detroit situation reminds me so much of Wayne Ellington last year. Right. Uh, but the thing is, with Detroit, they've added Derrick Rose, which I'm I'm, I'm a big believer he's going to uh, do some numbers this year, hopefully. Um, but the thing that is going to be very interesting to see is that logjam at the guard position with he and Reggie Jackson. Like, it seems awkward that they're both in that offense together. Right. Scoop B, man. Thanks for coming on Combo's, Combo's Court. You're always welcome back on the show, man. Appreciate My you. My brother. Thanks for having me. Anytime, bro. Anytime, bro. Thanks for being here. Seriously. Of course. Of course. Where can we find you, though? That's what I want to know. Well, <laughs> I'm a senior writer at both Heavy.com and Basketball Society Online. Um, okay. And you guys can search that. And, and also, um, follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. Uh, Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. And make sure to subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast. Scoopy Radio got 3.5 million streams last year. Um, we've had anybody from the voice of Siri to Charles Barkley, Kenny the Jess Smith, Jamal Crawford, uh, a myriad of other people. But Scoopy Radio is, uh, is making waves. Scoop B. We're out of here, man. Combo out. Scooby out. We out. Later. Deuce. <laughs> there it is. Episode 98 is in the books. Big shouts to Scoop for joining in. We appreciate you. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app. If you listen to this episode in its entirety, take a screenshot, post it on your Instagram stories, tag me, I'll repost it. Find me on Instagram at 12combo, that's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Check out the YouTube version of this episode. Link is in the description. Be on the lookout for episode 99. Combo out.